the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to the show, Extreme Carolina. The show that focuses on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It's time for some good news you can use. And we've got a local good news sort of guy on today. Let me introduce you to him. His name is Tim Radford, and he's the president of WKRK Radio out of Murphy, North Carolina. And he's also the president of the Rotary Club in Murphy as well. And you can probably find him around town uh, giving his time, just doing things, giving back to the community. I mean, I love this guy. I love his attitude. I love how he's just a giving, giving, giving kind of person. So uh, without any further ado, let's give him a strong Extreme Carolina welcome. Come on in, Tim. Well, thank you so much, Michael. And if I can live up to half of that introduction, I'll be in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'm not worried about that man you will definitely live up to that and more so we just want to thank you we we kind of met you know a couple two three maybe four years ago and uh i didn't know you of course i'm not from this area like you and uh man i tell you what i mean i've just been impressed all you know from day one well so and i'm going to say this is probably going to be a little strange for me because i'm usually on your side of the interview yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, man. You we got, got it. you. So now, and we will definitely let everyone know that uh, they want to hear this interview if they're just not hearing part of it. That's it's on Extreme Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, they can get that from uh, my website is michaelborkman.com. You'll get to get all the info on Tim as we do our thing. But with that said, let's just jump right into it. In the introduction that I gave you, Tim, it said that you were the proud owner of WKRK Radio. And man, the question is, how'd you get into that as being the owner? How'd that happen? It's an interesting story. Well, to me, it is anyway. I've been here for 25 years as the owner. Back in high school, back in, you know, when the the earth was cooling down, um, (laughs) I I started working here at WKRK. And and my mom always tells the story that why radio? She said, Mm -hmm. toddler, I was walking around with a hairbrush, talking into it like it was a microphone. Oh, my goodness. So I wanted to make sure to at least explore my interest in radio. So I was hired back in 1989, working for the former owners, the Ridenauer family, wonderful people. And uh, that's been 31 years ago since I first started dabbling in radio. Wow. Hairbrush, huh? A hairbrush, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was any good or not on the hairbrush, but I tried. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure your mother probably said, oh, I knew it all along. <laughs> She's like, he, has, he has radio in his blood, yes. There you go, man. So you, from Murphy, you went away to college. You honed your skills in college. Is that right? Can you just give us a little short story about that? You know, I really had a great time in college. I think my biggest experience in college was the work that I landed right when I 
I arrived in college, uh, I went to work for a radio network in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, I was focused on being just a student. I got a phone call from the operations manager who my former employee had bragged on me about. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to come to work for the network as, uh, uh, well, I'll start out with affidavits and engineering stuff because I was a nerd mm-hmm. and uh, nerds like engineering mm-hmm. stuff. So <laughs> that, that actually got me into uh, not long after I was hired to start traveling all over the country and producing radio networks for sports and uh, news. And nice. that was some great times. And back then, being a college student, I thought that was big money. <laughs> well, to somebody today, it is big money because a lot of folks don't have a job. But uh, but we won't focus on that. That's for another time, another day. So so you went through you, in college. And next thing you know, you got a, you got a job doing radio. Now, you said it was with sports. Was that right? It was with sports. Even though I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill, I was a Tar Hill. My employment mm-hmm. put me with Duke mainly and NC State game and some racing events all over the country as well. So I probably did more work uh, with Duke than anything else. And that's probably where I got most of my fun travels with. Mm, sounds great. Then you said racing. Was that NASCAR? You did I did NASCAR? a couple of NASCAR races. And then there's another circuit called the ASA, the American Speed Association. A lot of those mm-hmm. are out in, uh, in the Midwest. So I traveled out there quite a bit to uh, produce mm-hmm. those. Fantastic. Well, we, folks, thank you so much for tuning in today to Extreme Carolina. Here you listen to the podcast at slash radio 95.1 FM. And today we've got Tim uh, Rafford on the show, and we're just talking a little bit about his background. And so, Tim, you've done told us all about the, the things that you were doing right in college. Now, there's something also that you told us that happened to you right where you were still in college and just like in the groove of doing your things. Hey, man, this is great. Going to school, got me a good job that sends me everywhere. What happened? Well, I was, uh, you know, trying to focus on being a great student and a great employee. And then I answered the phone one day and the voice on the phone says, hey, Tim, you want to buy a radio station? <laughs> okay, here I am, 22 years old. Let me see how much money's in my wallet. Do I have to change? <laughs> and that completely changed, uh, that phone call completely changed my life forever. It was from my dad. He had been uh, approached by the family of the previous owners. And uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the previous owner had a stroke and his health had oh, gone nice. downhill. So yeah. it was time for the family to sell the station. And I owe them so much. They were so good to me, worked with me as far as financing. And, and mm-hmm. here I am. Uh, age 22, was able to make that work out somehow, got a newspaper story published about me that I was the youngest radio station owner in North Carolina. So (laughs) it was pretty cool. But I'm like, hey, I have like seven years of experience behind me now, or maybe eight. Yes. But I was still a kid, though. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that uh, that so much time has gone by. But I had so much fun just reinventing the radio station with new modern technology. Mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember in your uh, bio, you said something about that, said that uh, like today we've got all these computers and everything uh, going on. You said back then uh, there were no computers, that you had to do it all by hand. That had to have been 
just mind it was it was just the time back in the mid 90s uh computer systems for radio stations were not very prevalent back then so everything was done by hand you either write everything down on the program log or you type it out with a typewriter we did have an electronic typewriter but it was used in the manual <laughs> mode so you hear click 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 so but yeah that was as much high tech it was uh back then so it's changed a lot since then yeah, I bet it has, man. I mean, we could tell. I mean, like, look at us right now doing a podcast. We're not even in the same room, although it sounds like we are. And, uh, you know, that's cool, man. It's really cool. You know, uh, in doing radio uh, that you're doing, uh, you have the opportunity to do what we're doing today as interviewing a lot of different people. And without hurting anyone's feelings, can you kind of just give me the subject or something that all these years you've done, what's been the one that sort of stood out in your mind? Oh, wow. That's a very good question for someone who has a horrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, interviewed so many folks. I know I've been to uh, uh, presidential debates. I, I've covered uh, President Landing and uh, getting off the, the plane. So all of those are very memorable. But I do remember being uh, in Richmond, Virginia one time for a presidential debate, mainly because mm-hmm. my trip trying to get there, not, a, not oh. actually uh, being there. But back in the old days when I was in my 20s, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I-440 was a circle around Raleigh. It was, a, it was a belt line. I didn't realize that back then. So I think I drove around it three or four times to get to Virginia, <laughs> which took me really late. But uh, oh, I'm just thankful that all the state troopers were there protecting the candidates and not on the highway. I'm telling you, because they, I mean, had they been on the highway, you'd have been honking horns. Get out of the way. I, I had to make up a little speed there. Yeah. <laughs> and so you think, well, that trip. Uh, that was the most exciting part of it, or was the debate The itself? debate was great. Uh, traveling, uh, actually, f- for sports was probably my most memorable. I mentioned my uh, trip to Honolulu. That was, I think, my mm-hmm. se- first or second time there. And then it was one of those situations where I was producing Duke Radio for basketball and football. But they were mm-hmm. because of their season, they were playing about the same time as far as the championships were. So I remember oh. being in Hawaii, uh, which is six time zones away, doing yeah. that tournament and then having to fly back to Tallahassee and uh, with just hours on the flight and do a broadcast. Mm-hmm. So all I remember is I needed to be a part of this this bus caravan type thing. There was three big buses there in, in Tampa right. to head to the Hall of Fame Bowl, and we were running late. So there's several people with oh. me and some teammates that needed to be there and coaches that needed to be there for the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame Bowl. bowl. And right. what I remember is getting on that bus, and then I'm guessing they were probably going 80 or 90 miles per hour, and they were <laughs> there were police escorts in front of us, behind us, motorcycles on every oh, side of us, man. and yeah. And uh, and every single traffic intersection was blocked by police. We didn't stop one time between the airport and the, the stadium that we, stadium we were playing in. So at that point, I realized mm-hmm. that people take their sports very seriously. Without and, a doubt. <laughs> uh, but I realized that that was a TV broadcast and TV can't wait. So, but yeah, there I felt like go. I really felt like at 22 that, hey, th- I feel important today. 
I have arrived. I mean, talk about presidential arrived. presidential motorcade. Didn't have nothing on you guys that day. Right. <laughs> and I also I yeah. also realized that that trip, what jet lag was all about. I've never had jet lag before, but yeah. Yeah, my body was arguing with the time zone. There you go. Hey, well, listen, you know, we, we, man, we're up against the clock in terms of a break. We got to step away for a moment. And I know everybody's enjoying this talking to our local guy, our local celebrity radio guy, Tim Rafford, but we're just going to take a, a quick uh, sponsor break, give our uh, sponsors an opportunity to jump in here and do what they do. And we'll be right back. Don't go away. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us, too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. Be sure to visit our brand new website, michaelborkman.com, to access exclusive online content, including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome to Extreme Carolina. Today, we have Mr. Tim Ratford in here, man, he has given us some stuff that when he first got started in the business and it has been some amazing stories. I mean, all the way to, to owning his own uh, radio station way back when. And, uh, and I bet you that was interesting trying to uh, upgrade that thing. I mean, what was one of the biggest challenges you had? I mean, even though you had it, what was one of the biggest challenges on opening that thing up in the way that you could? Well, one of the things was just trying to find the technology that I needed because back in 1995, we were on dial-up internet and not all the companies were on online like we are today. So mm-hmm. I had to pick up that phone, calling the suppliers for equipment because a lot of equipment had to be purchased, even eventually a new, a brand new transmitter right. and uh, just trying to find out exactly what was needed. Luckily, I did work as an assistant engineer in my job in Raleigh, so I had a lot of contacts Mm-hmm. I just brought brought home with me, and I kind of knew who to look for. <laughs> so that was a big, big advantage of a brand new radio station owner having worked right. in that field before. Mm-hmm. Wow, I tell you what, that had to be tough and scary. You know, trying to run around and see, like you said, you looked in your wallet, you didn't mm-hmm. have that much money in it, so you had to go somewhere and do something, and uh, you know, beg, borrow, do whatever you had to do, but you had to do it, and you done it. We made it so, work. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, folks like to know a little bit more about you, uh, not just what you do, but let's pull the curtain back on Tim himself and see if we can ask some some pretty quick questions and, and, and give you an opportunity to answer these quickly. Absolutely. But we like but we like to ask our guests uh, some some really easy softball questions. And one of them is <laughs> I, I just love it. And it's about educating yourself. In other words, what we all should be doing is, Tim, what book have you read recently that had the biggest impact on you and why? (laughs) You know, someone else asked me this question recently. Uh, You may laugh yourself, but the book is actually a child's book. It's called A Pound of Kindness. 
<laughs> so when when this COVID-19 pandemic was first making the news and schools were still meeting in person, you know, before they got shut down, right. I read this book to a very enthusiastic third grade class in Andrews, North Carolina. Wow. How about that? So basically what the book is about, first grader Dave Clark, he's an active kid who loves playing with this crazy dog whose name is Duke. And I worked for Duke, so that works. That worked out nicely. So <laughs> Dave lost the use of his legs because of polio as a baby. You know, something we don't mm-hmm. have to talk about much anymore. Mm-hmm. So he was wearing the full length leg braces, and he used crutches to get around. So mm-hmm. his teacher one day announced that they're going to have a field trip to the local fire station, and it was within walking distance for most mm-hmm. kids. But Dave became pretty anxious. Uh, what if he has to take a break or what, what if the, the kids have to wait on him and that kind of mm-hmm. thing? So mm-hmm. kind of worried about having polio and being on leg braces. So noticing Dave's discomfort, one of his classmates named Ernie Pound, thus a pound mm-hmm. minus, he comes up with a plan to help. And it was a radio flyer wagon. Another connection to my life, right? A radio <laughs> flyer. <laughs> so, yeah. so all those kids saw that and they wanted to take turns pulling Dave so that he wouldn't feel left out, that he wasn't a part of this whole group effort. And it, it's kind of like a- acts of kindness like that are never forgotten. And when I say that decades, decades later, mm-hmm. Dave Clark and Ernie Pound they hadn't heard from each other in those decades and they kind of connected decades later and and wrote that book and they're promoting it together. That's amazing. It really is. And being being the president of our local rotary club, this is very important to me because polio is a highly infectious, infectious disease that Mm. it mainly affects kids under the age of five and Mm -hmm. it's spread person to person, typically through contaminated water. And it can affect the nervous system, and it can also lead to paralysis. There's no cure for Alzheimer's, but there is a safe and very effective vaccine. And uh, that's one of the things Rotary is known for is ending polio. That is amazing. We've helped reduce the cases by 99.9% since 1988. So only two countries are left in the world. And that's right. Afghanistan and Pakistan, but it's a plane trip back here if someone is mm-hmm. not vaccinate, vaccinated with it. So there you go. Uh, well, I tell you what, that, that is uh, that would make you remember what you read recently. It really did. <laughs> you know, we were down to 22 cases in 2017, but more people got it, and it's going up a little bit. But I think we're under 150 cases worldwide right now. So progress has there really been made. Fantastic. Kudos to the Rotary Club. Well, hey, thank man, you. That's a, man, no problem. I wish I you could take what? full credit for it, but people before <laughs> yeah. me made this happen. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to put that in the show notes so that everybody can uh, check that out, check out that book. That's an amazing, amazing book right there. And uh, a pound of kindness. I love the story about people being kind. And so that's mm-hmm. amazing. Well, well, we got to keep it going here. We're, we're getting close to coming up on getting out oh, of here. Wow, this, so stuff, this goes what. fast. It does, man. It goes really fast. So I, I got just time for another couple uh, questions. So one of them is this. Um, Tim, if you could go back and talk to your 20 something year old self, mm-hmm. what would you what would you tell yourself? Well, first thing would be stay off of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I have a lot of amazing amazing friends out there on Facebook, but it's a very time-consuming process, and uh, sometimes there's not always the most reliable information out there, and sometimes it gets a little uh, 
negative. So I try to keep our Facebook posts as positive as possible. But uh, Mm -hmm. but seriously, uh, if I could go back in time and talk to myself uh, when I was 20, I'd probably encourage better self-esteem at that age. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't have the best self-esteem. And uh, I think I was kind of raised where you kind of worry about what everybody else thinks, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody. So there you go. And I tried my best, even as a radio DJ, to talk without making mistakes, without saying um and uh. So I tried <laughs> like a big city DJ, and that was yeah. not me. And people did not relate to that perfect Tim. So eventually, mm-hmm. I became much happier when I just stopped being so perfect all the time. There you go. Started being Tim. I started Tim. being Tim, and people there were able to finally relate to Tim. You know, that, you know, that, that right there is so cool, you know, that, you know, we need to stop trying to live up to other people's expectations and try to uh, do better than we did yesterday on our own. Absolutely. So that is so amazing. I tell you what, we're, we're getting close uh, up against the clock and I got just a couple of minutes here that we, but I got one question that may take longer than that, but I'm going to try it anyway. So, and that is Valley Moments. And valley moments, we all have them. We all get knocked down and we got to pick ourselves back up. And so can you tell us about a valley moment that you've had in your lifetime, Tim? Absolutely. And uh, it's a very important thing to me. And I'll try to condense it. I was very close to my grandparents growing up. I remember getting off the school bus and my grandma would always look for that bus to go across uh, to make sure the bus was going across the road, across the field there. She would always call and say, did you make it home? And then one day mm-hmm. I said, nope, I didn't. And just she mm-hmm. just started laughing there. But she was, a, <laughs> she was a great example of love and a caring. But, uh, I, you know, I spent years and years answering that one phone call a day. And then eventually it, it turned into 20 or 30 phone calls a day asking the mm-hmm. same, same thing she asked on previous calls. And at, at that age, I had no idea what Alzheimer's disease was, but I, I quickly mm-hmm. learned what that looked like. And. Mm. Over the years, the disease worsened. Uh, I remember being in my early 20s, driving to see her in Copper Basin, Tennessee, and uh, we'd always take her a banana because mm-hmm. the doctor said this the, the, the potassium was good for her. So we went very often, and and it, and it really it started sinking in when I saw that she had forgotten how to eat a banana. She kind of was mm-hmm. holding like she was eating a slice of watermelon, mm-hmm. and it was trying to. I was trying to tell myself, how, how does one forget how to eat? But that is something that I've really had a passion for uh, is Alzheimer's disease. And, mm-hmm. you know, her death was a huge valley in my life. I remember being in my show one morning. I came in when she died uh, that mm-hmm. morning thinking I could do my show, no problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, then someone called in on the air live on the radio saying, Tim, how's your grandma doing? Mm-hmm. And, and and I tried to say she died this morning, but I just completely lost it then. And yeah. thankfully, uh, one of our announcers, Bill Yance, came in early to finish up my show for me. But that was the last words I said on the air that day because it was pretty, it was pretty um, hard to deal with. Yeah, so I bet it was. Yeah. So it was one of those things I had absolutely no control over either. There was nothing mm-hmm. I could do or say yeah. to fix it. And fixing mm-hmm. fixing things is what I do. But this yeah. time I was powerless. So that was a big valley for me. Well, we're glad that you made it out, but we uh, definitely condolences to you and your family about your grandma. I mean, that's nothing like grandma, brother. Nothing like them. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we we all love and miss him. But I tell you what, Tim, we are totally, totally up against the clock. I know my editor is going to be screaming at me, but I don't care. You know, that was worth hearing right there. Well, thank <laughs> so, you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and uh, this has been a great uh, chat with us. So, so yeah. thank you so much. Uh, it's been my pleasure, and thank you for being on our show. And ultimately, Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners to bring you leaders and newsmakers like Tim here that are passionate, purpose-driven, and making a difference by listening to their stories. Uh, Extreme Carolina listeners will have the opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. Folks, we got just enough time to get into quote of the week. And here it is. Success is never on discount. Greatness is never on sale. Greatness is never half off. It's all or nothing. It's all day, every day. Greatness is never on discount. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us and thank Mr. Tim Rapper for being here. We appreciate you guys for coming. Come and stay. Check our show out, Extreme Carolina. We love it and we love you guys. Peace. We out.